ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله جل وعلا وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اجارني الله واياكم من النار My brothers and sisters in Islam, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may the peace and blessing of Allah be upon his servant and final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yesterday we witnessed the uh, death of a beloved brother of ours. And this is something that the community here has seen recently time after time after time. Doesn't seem to stop, doesn't seem to end. Uh, no matter what advice is given, what reminder is given, no matter what laws are in place no matter what system is in place no matter how many investigation and teams and police units are put on the streets to monitor these activities and put them to an end nothing seems to work so first and foremost i wanted to share with you a hadith of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and before that of course we ask allah azza wa jalla that he bestow his mercy and forgiveness upon our brother and we ask allah azza wa jalla that he accept him as a martyr my brothers and sisters in islam Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu narrated. He said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna bayna yaday al-sa'ati laharja. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Before the hour, meaning some of the signs of the hour towards the end of time, that there will be widespread harj. So they said, Ya Rasulallah, wa mal harj? What is this harj? He said, al-qatl, murder, killing. So then the Muslims that were present in the gathering of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said, Ya Rasulullah, inna naqtulu al-ana fi al-aamil wahidi min al-mushrikeena kadha wa kadha. They said, O Messenger of Allah, in one year, we kill of the disbelievers a large number. They mean that they were engaged in jihad, there was a proper war, and there were murders and killings. So they said, is that it? So then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Laysa bi qatli al-mushrikeen. No, I'm not speaking about the authentic wars, al-jihad, in which lives are lost. He said that he is speaking about, وَلَكِنْ يَقْتُلُ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا I'm speaking about you people killing one another. Muslims killing one another. So then they said, Ya Rasulullah, or Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continued in that part of the hadith to say, حَتَّى يَقْتُلَ الرَّجُلُ جَارَهُ وَابْنَ عَمِّهِ وَذَا قَرَابَتِهِ to the extent where a person would kill his own relatives. He'll kill his business partner. He will kill his neighbor. 
he'll kill his cousin and he doesn't have an issue with this so some of the people sitting there in the gathering they said ya rasulullah is our mind with us? Do people have intellect on that day? Are they switched on? For Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and I tell you, why, why did they ask this question? Because the sahaba radiallahu anhum could not fathom. How could this happen? How could a Muslim kill another Muslim or kill his neighbor or his relative? How can this happen? So the only understanding for them is that like people like this must be born stupid. People like this must have no brains whatsoever. For Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La, no, they don't have intellect that day. They don't have knowledge. They don't have wisdom. They don't have intellect. They don't have minds. They don't have feelings. Nothing whatsoever. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, The majority of people on those days, their intellect is gone. They don't enjoy the blessing of intellect and wisdom and knowledge. Subhanallah, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَيَخْلُفُ لَهُ هَبَاءٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ لَا عُقُولَ لَهُمْ And just people are born like this, with no intellect whatsoever, no education, no knowledge, nothing whatsoever. Subhanallah. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ And this is the dangerous part. They think they're upon the truth. They think what they do is correct. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and they are far away from the truth altogether. Then Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu at the end he said, He said, by Allah, I believe that I might live until I see these days. And then he took an oath by Allah that no one will be able to escape this fitna except for him to abide by the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not participate in it whatsoever. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in another narration he said to Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu he said to him and commanded him that if this fitna becomes widespread like what we see today, if it becomes widespread, then he said to him, sit in your home and do not participate. And he said to him, if you were ever faced by such people, then give up, surrender and get killed and do not participate in killing the other so that he carries the complete burden of the sin and he is punished for it and you are completely spared from the sin altogether. My brothers and sisters in Islam, in Surah Al-Furqan, at the end of Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions qualities of the believers. One of their qualities, he said, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَدْعُونَ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَاهًا آخَرٍ وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ This was a quality of believers. He said that they do not associate partners with Allah and they do not kill the innocent soul. Allah Azzawajal continues to say, and whoever does so, يَلْقَ أَثَامًا he will face a severe punishment and a severe sin. For such people, they have a special punishment. Twice the punishment as everyone else. And he would be in this hellfire forever and ever, and he will reside in there humiliated all the time that he is in there. 
For this is not a characteristic and a quality of the believers as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights. The one who kills the innocent soul is doomed and he is destroyed by Allah azza wa jal. It is enough to ponder over the ayah and see how Allah azza wa jal combined between the major sin of a shirk and the major sin of murder and killing an innocent soul. They were put right next to each other. And this is why Allah said that the second greatest sin in Islam by consensus is for a person to kill another innocently. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he described murder and killing the innocent soul, he called it Al-Mubiqat. Al-Mubiqat, the destroyers. The moment a person does it and it only takes a few seconds, that person's life is doomed and destroyed from the day he did this crime. And in his grave, there is more doom and destruction. And before Allah and in hellfire, it adds and it only increases for such a person. Abu Anhu, sorry, Abu Darda Anhu, he narrated, I give you, I want you to, to sense and feel how severe. How severe is it to kill and spill the blood of an innocent Muslim? I want you to feel it and understand it with these ahadith. The ahadith that are coming now are no joke. They are out there in the seriousness of all things. Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, he said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كُلُّ ذَنْبٍ عَسَى اللَّهُ أَنْ يَغْفِرَهُ إِلَّا مَنْ مَاتَ مُشْرِكًا أَوْ مُؤْمِنًا قَتَلَ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, perhaps Allah will forgive all sins, except, except, we're talking about the most merciful. He is ready to forgive every sin, except the one who dies upon shirk and the one who kills a believing innocent soul. Hada has no tawbah. Now, of course, you might be confused and say that, but killing an innocent soul is a major sin. It's not kufr. And we already learn and know that the one who commits a major sin has a tawbah. He's allowed to make a tawbah. So how do we understand this ayah? And how do we understand this hadith? Al-ulama rahimahumullah, they said, meaning the one who kills an innocent soul, yes, the door of tawbah is open for him. But Allah azza wa jal will not give him the ability to make a tawbah. So he dies upon this sin and he will meet his consequence and punishment on the day of judgment. Ubad ibn Samit radiallahu anhu, he said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man qatala mu'minan faghtabata biqatlihi lam yaqbalillahu minhu sarfan wala adla. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that if a Muslim, a believer, was to kill another believer and he became happy because of what he had done. Look, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us there are people that will exist like this. They'll do their criminal action and they will feel happy about what they did. Such people, Allah will not accept from them sarfan wala adla. Sarfan meaning he will not accept their voluntary deeds. Some ulama said that he will not accept from them their tawbah. That's what sarfan is, a tawbah. Wala adla, nor would he accept their obligatory deeds. Khalas. This is why we said it is, it is known as al-mubiqat. A person is doomed and destroyed. May your deeds are not even being accepted. Everything good you do, you're not even accepted. This is, this is destruction. In another hadith we have, Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, he said, لا يزال المؤمن 
معنقا صالحا ما لم يصب دما حراما فإن أصاب دما حراما بلح نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that a believer he remains on a path to Allah he remains righteous so long as he does not spill innocent blood the moment he spills innocent blood then he is not in, on a path to Allah and he is not considered from among the righteous. Has finished. He destroyed his future and his presence and meeting before Allah on the day of judgment. We all know the ayah in the Quran when Allah said, The one who kills a believer purposely, intentionally. For him is the hellfire forever. وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And Allah Azzawajal's anger is upon him. وَلَعَنَهُ And Allah Azzawajal has cursed him. Such a person does not enjoy nothing of the mercy of Allah Azzawajal. وَأَعَدَّ لَهُ عَذَابًا عَظِيمًا And he has prepared for him a painful, tormentful punishment. Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه, he said, listen to this. He said, لَزَوَالُ الدُّنْيَا أَهْوَنُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ قَتْلِ رَجُلٍ مُسْلِمٍ in this hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying, I give you an explanation of it. If Allah had given one man the ability to destroy the entire world, let's say Allah gave a man the ability to go around every single thing on earth and destroy it and break it and vandalize it and ruin it, which is no doubt oppression and it is all wrong, it's haram. But let's say Allah gave a person the ability to do that. And he destroyed the entire globe and everything that is on it except the believers. That his punishment on the day of judgment would be much, much lighter than the one who killed an innocent Muslim intentionally. Why? Because the Muslim, he is living the purpose for why Allah created the earth. Allah created this earth so that he may be worshipped. And you violated a purpose of Allah Azzawajal. And you killed someone who was doing what? Who was fulfilling the purpose of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth. That's an incredible hadith. Listen to the other one. It's even worse. Abu Bakrata radiallahu anhu, he said, that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لو أن أهل السماوات والأرض اجتمعوا على قتل مسلم لأكبهم الله جميعا في النار على وجوههم Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if all the inhabitants of the heavens, all of them, the angels and whoever's in there, and all the inhabitants of earth, the prophets, the righteous, the messenger, everyone, if they all contributed and combined and gathered together to kill one innocent Muslim, Allah would throw them all in the hellfire on their face. This is the honor and the value of one Muslim in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And between the murderer and the murdered, there is a meeting on the day of judgment. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says about this, that the murdered will stand on the day of judgment, carrying his head in his hand, and carrying the murderer's hand in his other hand. And he walks until he reaches the throne of Allah And the maqtool, the murdered one, he would say, He'll say, My Lord, he killed me. Allah would say, May you be cursed. 
and he is driven to the hellfire. Subhanallah. The day of judgment is a day in which even prophets are scared and the righteous are scared and the martyrs are scared. Everyone's afraid, even prophets. Prophets on that day are saying, Allahumma sallim, sallim, my Lord, save me, save me. And this person is coming, having killed someone intentionally in this worldly life. Hey, he's finished. My brothers and sisters in Islam, what I gave you of a hadith is about a person who killed an innocent Muslim intentionally. You know, let's say he killed a Muslim unintentionally, accidentally. Allah even puts strict and tough laws on that. Let's say two people, they were playing with a gun by accident. A bullet came out of the magazine and hit the other guy and killed him. Or someone ran over someone by accident. In that case, the one who did the accidental killing, he is supposed to pay blood money. A lot of money involved in this. And he has to free a slave. And if, he, and if he doesn't find a slave to free him, which is our days, he has to fast two consecutive months. This is, this is accidental killing. Everybody even gets worse than this. Listen, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will say, I'm going to share with you something even less. I shared intentional, accidental killing. I got a little bit down. So you can understand the severity of the case. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned us, to just hold a weapon and raise it upon a believer. Jokingly or seriously, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith of Abu Hurairah, لا يشهر أو لا يشهر أحدكم على أخيه بالسلاح فإنه لا يدري لعل الشيطان ينزع في يده فيقع في حفرة من النار. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, it is not allowed for a believer to raise a weapon. In another narration, hadida, a piece of metal. That could do damage. Not allowed to raise it to your brother. Whoever does so, perhaps the shaytan might encourage him to do something with it. And as a result, he is thrown in the hellfire. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man hamala silaha falaysa minna. The one who holds a weapon to the face of his brother, he is not from us. What does that mean? Meaning it's a major sin. Just, just carrying a weapon and putting it in the face of your brother. Jokingly, it is a major sin in Islam. Imagine then when, when you go ahead and you kill, how worse does it become? When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu man ashara ila akhihi bihadidatin fa inna al-malaikata tal'anuhu he said, whoever raises a weapon to his brother, then the angels will continue to curse him until he puts it down. Even if it's his own brother. You know, brothers, when they joke, and perhaps you've held a weapon to your brother jokingly, angels continue to curse such a person until he puts it down. Subhanallah. We ask Allah to save us from this deed. We ask Allah to not cause us, to not cause death upon us while having spilled a blood of a Muslim. For indeed, the first question on the day of judgment is about the blood of people. That is the first question. 
because the questions on the day of judgment first they're personal so your, your questions you'll be there are personal questions to every person you and your deeds between Allah your salat your question about that that's the first thing considering your own worship to Allah once all that's done now you begin to be questioned about others their wealth their blood and that's why Allah they said that if you come on the day of judgment having nothing to do with a Muslim's blood or his money that you should be alright on the day of judgment you should be good because your deeds with Allah جل, that's built upon forgiveness Allah will forgive them no one could worship Allah 100 percent to what Allah deserves so that's Allah will forgive the shortcomings but between you and people that's not built upon forgiveness people want their rights this is something Allah put within us people want their rights and so on the day of judgment no one's forgiving anyone so if a person comes on the day of judgment having spilled blood of someone or taken money because it's just as bad as that and that he is doomed and destroyed on the day of judgment ask Allah Azza wa Jal to save us أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده my brothers and sisters in Islam very quickly in a few minutes I want to share with you three reasons for why this killing has become widespread number one عدم الخوف من الله People have failed to fear Allah The majority do not fear Allah And the one who does not fear Allah doesn't care about the standing before Allah. It does not care about being questioned and does not, perhaps doesn't even believe in all of these things. That's the first major problem for why these crimes become widespread. The fear of Allah has escaped the hearts of many. We ask Allah to keep us conscious of Him. Number two, the law of Allah is abandoned Allah this is a major reason for why crimes widespread become widespread in a community or a town or a city the Sharia Allah is neglected it's abandoned it's being replaced with secular law it's being replaced with man-made law there is a system that they create called the criminal law system if you commit a crime as bad as murder we'll just give you a prison time a prison time it could differ from one person to another um, here, 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 it says that most reoffendings occur relatively quickly with 58% of young people. The prison system is a fail. It doesn't work. And there are many, many articles that discuss and study the prison system in Australia and in the West. You have titles like, Jailing is Failing. You have things like, Why is the system broken? You have things like Australia's prison dilemma. These are all articles. You have another one. Why is prison failing? I'll answer it for you. In a few, in a few, few words, I'll answer it. Because Allah's law is not being implemented. If the law of Allah was implemented, the crime rate would drop. Severely it will drop. What's the proof for this? There's a proof. You know, there was a survey and a question many years ago why do Muslim countries have less crime one of the reasons was this is international crime statistics this big firm worked on this study and they said that Islamic countries crime rates are low are lower than other countries 
And that is predominantly because the strictness of Islamic penal law. This is them. This is where people have nothing to do with Islam. But they recognize and they realize that in Islam, if a person kills another, he is beheaded. Capital punishment. In front of many people. Wallah, I myself have witnessed it. Long time ago when I was in Al-Madina, two people had committed a crime against someone, killed him and stole his wife's gold. Wallahu uqsimu billah. They drove them to the scene right next to the Masjid al-Nabawi. Two of them are put on the ground, tied from behind, and they're on their knees. And they're blindfolded. And then a sword, sharp, made of diamond, slices his neck. The head falls and blood gushes out. And there are hundreds and thousands of people witnessing this. When people fall, someone's fainting, someone's held back. Huh, this is what happened. But the point, the point is so people can take a lesson and learn. Then nothing will work other than Allah's law. Allah created us. He knows what works for mankind. If this is going to be abandoned, the more it's abandoned, the more you will see of this pattern of kill and gone and killed and whatever the retaliation, it'll keep going. It won't stop. It won't stop. Prison is a failed system. Definitely failed system. You go in for a small crime, you come out 10 years later leading a gang. You become the leader of a gang. And you commit more offenses. And then go back in and out. Horrible. Failed system. Doesn't work. Everyone knows it. That's a major contribution for why we are in what we are in today. And the final contributor to this widespread killing is individuals coming from dysfunctional families. The parents no longer care about how they raise their children. Wallah, they don't. Majority, I'm speaking about a lot. Uh, Eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid, he's hanging out till 11, 12 o'clock. Parents don't care. Don't care about him. Where he is, where he comes, where he goes, where he befriends. And you know, people under the age of 18, there's high demand for them to be in the drug run because very cheap wage. So the eyes of these criminals are on them. Let's see where they are. Let's approach them. We'll say to them, we'll pay you such and such. Deliver such and such for us. The young kid that has no clue about the dangers of all this. Where's the parents? Where is the parent to teach his child that this is wrong? Where are the schools? The Islamic schools to say the word haram and to take the Islamic subject seriously. Islamic subject is not taken seriously in the schools. It isn't. It isn't. All the focus is on maths and English and whatever it is. Where's the focus on the character of a Muslim? Where's the focus on the belief of a Muslim? Where is it? Children come out well, they didn't even know what Islam means. Islam, Islam, the word Islam, he doesn't know. 15 years of school, 13, whatever it is, comes out, tells me Islam is Salat. Heather, this is what you took of Islam. There is a huge responsibility, my brothers and sisters. Everyone has to play his part. The teacher has to play his part. The parents have to play their part. Because a child only sees these two during his day and night. His parents and he sees a lot of his teachers. And it is your responsibility to teach. Allah says, 
Save yourself and your family from a fire. Save them. How do you save them from the fire? By teaching them, as Ali radiallahu anhu said, by disciplining them. By come, come. Stealing is haram. Cheating is haram. Drugs is haram. Alcohol is haram. Murder is haram. Heck, this is how you teach. And you teach a hadith in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I remember when we were young, we'd come 9.30 at home. We receive a severe punishment from my parents. 9.30 was too late. And this is when, I'm telling you, in, in year 11, in year 12. Where today the parents, the 10-year-old, the 12, the 15-year-old, his parents are probably partying. His parents are probably at a wedding, some wedding. Oh, he's out somewhere. He's got the key to the house. But no worries. Come whenever you want. Go whenever you want. Have no clue about what he's doing. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to instill a taqwa within our hearts. We ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability that we fulfill our responsibility in a manner that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. هذا وصلوا وسلموا رحمكم الله على خير البرية وأزكى البشرية محمد بن عبد الله صاحب الحوض والشفاعة فقد أمركم الله تعالى بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بملائكته المسبحة بقدسه وأيها بكم أيها المؤمنون فقال عز من قائل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا ورزقنا اجتنابه ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم الجليل يذكركم وشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون